the risk is minimal, if any. So my best advice would just be to go do it and take a little bit of a risk because nothing great's ever been done without some level of risk. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Will Clark. Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. A little bit about Will's background. So he's a full-time student at Vanderbilt University and has about one year of investing experience. He has grossed $130,000 in wholesale and flipping profits from his seven properties. He is based in Nashville, Tennessee, and you can say hi to him at his email which is willclarkbusiness at gmail.com, which we will have in the show notes. So Will, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. 
So by the time this airs, I'll be turned 21 by then. But I started my business about a year ago exactly when I was 20, in between 19 and 20. And I'm a student at Vanderbilt. And for the past two years, I've been on the football team here at Bandy. Started learning about real estate and just decided to jump in while playing football, thinking it could be a nice side hustle or something to pursue in the future, even if it didn't work out now. But I was lucky enough to get off to a quick start and within three or four months between having to split time between everything going on and the NCAA's pretty strict guidelines on how much money players can make and how they can use their name. I had to choose between football and real estate and I chose real estate. So now here I am for the last few months, I've just been a full-time student and primarily wholesaling here in Nashville. So maybe walk us through the story of your first deal, just so people can get an idea of what it's like to get started in real estate while still going to school full-time. So maybe kind of walk us through the second you decided that you were going to do real estate and then to the point where you had completed your first deal and made that first check. Gotcha. So in the beginning, I kind of fallen into the normal websites of bigger pockets and just started reaching out to some of the people on those podcasts, really just asking for mentorship. I think now it's a lot more competitive than it was then. But at that time, I had a few people that were gracious enough to respond and give me tips. And I found a guy in Nashville who was wholesaling successfully. And I got up with him and did my first deal as a JV deal with him. We split $8,000 down the middle. So I got 4000 And after that, I convinced a few of my friends here at Vanderbilt that this was a cool idea. And they started cold calling for me on commission. And after that, I did my first deal by myself. And that was just using basically my friends to cold call for me. So that first deal that you JV'd with the other wholesaler, did you find that deal or did he find the deal? So so maybe walk us through how that happened. At that time, I was still texting and calling off my personal number. I didn't have any systems, no Podio, no CRM of any sorts. I was pulling leads from the county website. I was pulling code violations mainly, which in Nashville are free online. So I was spending no money at all using my personal number. Honestly, got really lucky in that within the first two or three weeks of texting and calling probably 150 to 200 people a day that I got someone that was interested in selling. And I had no idea how to negotiate it. (laughs) It beats me. I just knew he was interested. So I called up the other wholesaler. I was like, look, the price seems decent. Zillow says that this price that he's telling me is a good bit under the Zillow estimates. So I'm thinking it's a deal, but I had no idea how to negotiate it or go through the process. So he kind of took over from there, did the final negotiations, set me up with the title company that I use now, and really taught me how to take it through after you get that initial interest all the way to the back end. And then how long did that deal take to close after you first got that interest? It was really, really quick. I'd say from the time that I initially texted him to the time it closed, probably two weeks. What that text say that generated this interest? Do you remember? I was texting on my personal number, so there was no character limit. So I was sending paragraphs. I just, just being way too wordy, trying to sound too smart. I really don't know how it worked, but yeah, I was sending multiple paragraphs about 
who I was, what I was trying to do, and just way too much, in my opinion, and what I do now for an initial outreach. But it worked on one person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So still focusing on this first deal. So you got the interest, the wholesalers helping out with the process of actually negotiating and then putting in a contract. Who do you wholesale it to? Who actually bought the deal? The person who bought the deal was a buyer of the other wholesaler that I JV'd with because I had a few buyers that I had farmed from Facebook groups and things like that. So I didn't have a, a strong buyer base. His was much stronger. So I shouted out to a few of the buyers I had. They weren't interested, but he found someone that was. So we used his buyer. I don't think I ever talked to them. I still don't know who they were. I just know they they closed. (laughs) Sure. So after that, how did you come up with the idea to have your friends be your boots in the ground cold callers? Mainly it was out of kind of bad to say laziness, but I had been calling and texting off my personal number for so long even just two or three weeks of that, it it gets old, especially when you don't have a system to where you can press a button and it calls a bunch of people like most everybody uses now. So I was at the point where I knew how to do it, but I knew that I didn't want to do it myself anymore. So I just told a few of my friends what I'd done and what I was looking at doing and ended up being a good situation for all of us. Almost all of them ended up making some commission throughout the next few months. How was the commission structure set up with them? Was it a negotiation? Did you just say, hey, here's what it's going to be? I still do things like this currently. So what they did is just the original outreach, right? They were the outbound representatives. So they would call, get the initial qualifications. I'd have a script that I got from who knows where. I'd have a script. They'd answer, ask qualifying questions. And if they were interested, then they'd send it to me and I'd do the negotiating and everything on that. So I grossly overpaid them, but it was 100% worth it. It was either 12 or 20% just to be a cold caller, which is for most people, a minimum wage job. So you mentioned that when you first started, it was very manual. And then you mentioned that now use different technologies to make the process a little more smooth. So at first you were manually looking up code violations, manually texting and calling people. Eventually your friends ended up doing it. Now, what do you do in order to find your deals? I'm not a huge tech guy. I'm not nearly as good at it as some of the people. I don't do any online PPC or SEO or anything that dives deep into technology. I have shifted mainly towards outbound texting just because of the economies of scale can reach a lot of people and you don't really have to have a lot of people working for you because in the tech system that I use, the responses are kind of sorted already as they come in on whether they'd be interested or not. So I currently only have one full-time employee and he's my lead manager and he runs through all the text responses and qualifies them over text and then sends them to me for negotiation still. What's the name of that software you use? I use Slingshot. Are you still pulling lists from somewhere else and uploading the list today? How does Slingshot work? They don't offer lists themselves. They're only a text messaging platform. So you'd have to get your list from somewhere else. I use PropStream mainly for my lists. And then I still use a lot of the county lists that are free because every month or two, I'll get a gem hidden in there somewhere. When you go on PropStream, what's the criteria you're looking for? 
in the beginning and still now, I mainly pull just big blanket lists, just 40% more equity, usually five or more years of ownership in hot areas in Nashville. So those are my bulk lists is just almost anyone who lives in a hot neighborhood. If you've owned the house for any amount of time, you're probably going to get a text from me. And then what I've recently switched to really liking as a business model is land because I did one deal earlier this year that really kind of opened my eyes to wholesaling land as opposed to wholesaling houses. It's turned out to be a much smoother process and the spreads are usually a little bigger. And then what about on the back end? So you've got the full-time employee who's sifting through the leads that are being generated from the texts. They're qualified. Then they go to you. You negotiate, put the deal under contract. Then how are you finding your buyers now? I really have a pretty small buyer pool. I prefer to work with a few really good buyers than blasting it out to everyone in Nashville. I kind of do things a little more personal and small scale than some of the other wholesalers. I've only had to back out of one contract out of 11 now that I've done. So I'm 11 for 12, which is a really good ratio for most wholesalers. I really only lock things up when I know that they're really good deals. So my average fee is a lot higher than a lot of wholesalers, but I don't do as much volume as a lot of wholesalers. I guess to answer your question, I just realized I completely didn't answer your question. <laughs> um, on the back end, just through Facebook groups mainly and personal connections, I've built a list of 10 to 15 people that any deal I get, I know that one of those 10 to 15 will buy it. So I don't do much blasting out to everybody. I mainly stick with the buyers that I know are good. Can you give an example of someone you met or one of the buyers from a Facebook group? Like, what do you do? Do you just like see their name and just know, or is it based off of what they're posting in there? Is there some back and forth first? I guess I have to narrow it down a little bit and say that in the beginning, it is hard to not blast out your deals. When you don't have that buyer's list, really your only options are to blast it out to everyone you can find or JV with someone else. So my first deal that I did solo, I blasted out to everything I could possibly find. And from that blast, because it was a good deal, I found probably 30 to 40 people wanting to come look at it, showing interest. And out of that, kind of narrowed that down. And really, so after one property of blasting it out, I had kind of already found my main core buyer list. Okay, well, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? So my best advice would just be to quit procrastinating and organizing, making things perfect and just go do it, make mistakes and learn from them. But don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to fail, especially in wholesaling, because the risk is minimal, if any. So my best advice would just be to go do it and take a little bit of a risk because nothing great's ever been done without some level of risk. Is your goal now to do this? full-time after you graduate or you're going to work a corporate job and then do this on the side? No, that was my goal in the beginning was just to be a side hustle. But after the year I've had, I don't think I'd be able to get a job that would make more money out of college. So something could change at any moment, but as of now, the goal is to never be employed. Nice. All right. Well, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. 
All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Do you buy property worth over a million dollars? And are you missing huge income tax benefits? Cost segregation is one of the methods I use myself to lower taxes on our properties and increase the cash flow. Call Yona Wise with Madison Specs at 732-333-1477. Okay, what is the best ever book you've recently read? So I'm forced to read a lot in school. So I haven't had much time to read for any personal development or enjoyment. Sometimes I catch snippets of books or the highlights of things, but my main way of consuming information is by podcasts. I have a few podcasts I listen to weekly, Steve Trang's podcast, Don Costa's podcast, which both have weekly episode that I listen to. And I try to catch at least two or three of you guys's throughout the week. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I guess that depends on if all my money collapsed with it too. If not, if I still was able to retain some of the cash, then I would look to get into more and buy and holds because that's something I want to do anyway. I just started building my credit. I never had a credit card until about six months ago, but now I've gotten my credit up to where within the next few months I'll be lendable in most scenarios. So I'd do that. But if I had lost all my money, I'd probably stick to something with a similar business model to wholesaling, even if it's not in real estate uh, product or service, just something where I didn't need much upfront cash and can make a profit without having to buy the product itself. What is the best ever deal you've done so far? The best deal was the land deal that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. That was a big spread, ended up taking about 40 grand off of that wholesale deal. But more than the spread itself, it was being able to realize the market in Nashville for development. And before that, it was all about houses. I didn't even give land or the land under houses any thought. Mm -hmm. And then after that deal, I really got my eyes open to how hungry developers were in Nashville for buildable land in the urban core. So that's by far the most impactful deal I've done on multiple fronts. What is the best ever way you'd like to give back? Long-term goal is hope one day to get into low-income housing and be one of the good landlords in that space. I did read a book, actually. It was called Evicted by Matthew Desmond, I believe. And it kind of chronicled the low-income housing space. And the biggest complaint from people in these situations wasn't the price of housing. It was the quality of landlords that they were forced to be in. So long-term goal is to eventually make an impact in that way by being a good landlord for low-income housing. But for now, I really just do my best to always respond to people who just see me in Facebook groups or on Instagram that are interested in real estate. So I always make sure to respond to them, even if they ask stupid questions, because I was there not too long ago. So I can still empathize and make sure to answer as much as I can. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? You can definitely email me like you have in the show notes. Probably a quicker place would be to DM me on Instagram at will underscore Clark five. I'm on Instagram probably 20 minutes a day 
So I usually have time once a day to check it and go through any messages I have and check up on things. So that's probably the best place to reach me. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us and walking us through your wholesaling journey. Very appreciate it. I think this will be very helpful for really anyone who's at minimum trying to start off and has some sort of obstacle that's holding them back. And then hearing how you are in school (laughs) full time and also were forced to give up playing college football at a D1 school. If you can do that, then anyone can get over whatever obstacles they have to get to real estate. Then more specifically, tactically, you talked about how for wholesaling, it's easier to do your first deal with someone else through a JV because of the experience you'll get going through that process one time with an expert. And then from there, you can do it yourself. And then you talked about your transition from finding deals manually through very, very long personal texts to having your friends do the cold calling and the cold texting to using the slingshot technology to automate that entirely. You talk about how you find your lists, on the county website for code violations, as well as prop stream, 40% or more equity, five or more years of ownership, hot areas, and also because of your best ever deal, looking at land. And then for your buyers on the back end, you found those through your first bulk blast for your first deal, which is you said, likely needed to be done whenever people are first doing their deals. And then that's how you found your core group of buyers. And you've been 11 for 12 so far, only had to back out of one contract. And then lastly, your best ever advice is to quit procrastinating and just kind of get out there and do it. And wholesaling is a good place to start because you can not be as fearful of failing because there really isn't as much risk on you because you don't have much money in to except for maybe marketing costs, which you gave us ways to do it for free, just a time investment. So thanks again, Will, for joining us. Appreciate it. Best of listeners as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.